Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The sick were healed. The oppressed were delivered. The empty were full. None left empty. None left sick. Now, amen, it's all right to praise the Lord. I suspected that Paphos' revelations were other than divine. The radio scanner we brought to the hall picked up a decidedly worldly source. Hello, Petey, can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble. Popoff was being prompted by his wife through a wireless earpiece. John? Johnson. She'd gotten her information from prayer cards filled out by the faithful before the show began. She's about to get rid of the walker. You want to get rid of this walker, sister? Thank you, Lord, for complete heat. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Simply Said Podcast. It's Corey Hall here with you, and my guest on today's episode is hypnotist Paul Ramsey. He is a former high school teacher and student affairs professional with 17 years of practice as a full-time hypnotist. He's hypnotized over 25,000 people and specializes in the area of stage hypnotism, consulting hypnotism, and hypnotism training. You're going to love this episode Stay tuned. All kinds of great stuff coming up on this episode of the Simply Said Podcast with Paul Ramsey. And it all starts right now. Paul Ramsey, thanks for joining me today. Um, You know, I really, I don't know how I even found you. Um, I I think I was just so hell-bent on finding a hypnotist for this, but I, I wasn't. I figured out quickly that having the term hypnotist attached to your name doesn't take a whole lot, it seems. No, anymore. it does not. Um, and I found a few guys that had a website and they called themselves hypnotists, but there wasn't much to go on beyond that. So um, I was getting a little worried about finding someone that was the real deal here. Um, but then I, I think I might have just like, peruse like all the facebook pages that are meant for you know professional hypnotists and then i found you and i'm like this guy looks legit let's let's try to let's chase this guy down so here we are (laughs) so thanks for taking uh some time to hang out with me today i know it's been a little bit hectic trying to get this scheduled with um with your life and you you know trying to overcome covid and my lifestyle is just nuts to begin with. So it's been a little hectic getting here, but I'm glad we finally got here. Yeah, it's good to be here with you. So um, first of all, let, let's just start off, introduce your, take a few minutes here, introduce yourself. Um, 
tell tell us who you are and what you do. Let, let's just start there. Well, my name is Paul Ramsey. I'm I'm a professional hypnotist. It is a full time job for me. Um, I had been formally trained to be an English teacher. I did that for a few years and burned out pretty quickly. Then I went back to my alma mater and I worked in student affairs at the University of New Hampshire. I ran a dorm uh, with 165 co-eds in it. I like that job, but that's not a job you do for a long time either. It's usually a grad position for most people. Um, And then I got into hypnotism and uh, that was 2004. And so uh, I'm I'm on my 18th year. Uh, I started out primarily performing as an entertainer. I also do did see clients, um, and uh, eventually I even opened uh, a licensed career school in the state of New Hampshire, and I train hypnotists. Okay. Uh, when the pandemic came, um, since all of those were primarily set up around live visitation, the whole business sort of shuttered for a little while, mm-hmm. and then I worked on you know pivoting some of them into um, things that didn't have to happen in person. Um, and, uh, and, and so now I primarily am still, I was just mostly doing the entertainment. I still have the school license, but I haven't been doing much with that lately. Um, I think I may even be getting to a point where maybe I'm ready to move on and explore some other things. I don't know. It's been a lot of interesting retrospective, <coughs> excuse me, moments for me that have come from this pandemic. I know that overall the pandemic has been a, a really tragic and horrible thing, but um, even in the midst of great tragedy, there's usually little silver linings if you look for them. And for me, it's been really uh, good to examine, you know, is this still the right career for me to be in? Is this what my what I'm called to? Um, mm-hmm. And so there's still some some uh, reflecting that's going on with that. Yeah, I I can't imagine for especially for a guy that you know your career, a lot of your career was spent on a stage in front of an audience. Um, I can't imagine that, you know, there, there's a lot of guys that spend, you know, that, that have had that as a career and, you know, quite frankly, the guys that, you know, musicians and, and stage performers that, you know, have Vegas shows, you know, they're doing okay because they had some bucks in the bank and they're, they're just kind of scraping by with, you know, having to deal with going out to dinner every night, you know, and, and being bored without a show. But for guys like you, you know, where this is, you know, this is your income. This is what you do for a living. It's It's got to be detrimental to basically just say, okay, you're not going to work tomorrow and we don't know when you are again. I mean, that's, you know, for guys like you, I don't think we understand quite fully um, the weight of what the last, you know, almost two years has brought. Um, I, have a, I have a lot of friends, a lot of stage hypnotist friends who were really only into hypnotism so that they could perform. They didn't want to see clients. They didn't Mm. want to make recordings. They didn't want to do any of that other stuff. And so they were, yeah, a lot of them were really hit hard by it because they went from, this is what I I feel so good about and I love doing so much to you just can't do it. Sorry. You can't do it at all. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's been, it's been for me, you know, because I had multiple things that I was doing, it wasn't quite as bad. I could, I could just shift my attention to some of those other things but for some right. of my colleagues, yeah, it was, it's been real, real challenging. Wow. So 
let, let, let's let's reverse gear. Let's go back a couple of years. Like let's say let's go back to 2019 when life was quote normal. Um, before there was ever a COVID-19, before, you know, life got crazy. What, what did your typical schedule consist of as far as shows and with having a class, you know, and, and these training schools and what was your lifestyle like? Um, you almost feel a little guilty telling people about it. It was really that kind of, it was, you know, um, Stage, stage hypnotism, when you get into it and you're doing well, is, is really quite lucrative. And so I um, I was able to, to, to make, an, you know, I, I didn't aspire to be rich. I wanted mm-hmm. to have enough money to pay my bills, put some money away in retirement, be able to take a vacation here and there. And as long as I was doing that, I was happy. So mm-hmm. I was probably only working from 2004 until maybe 2017, I was only probably working about 20 hours a week. If you averaged out my work over the course of a full year, what happens in stage hypnotism is it's, it's very cyclical. You get real, there's intense periods, you know, so like um, the opening of colleges, Uh, most colleges in America open on the last two weeks of August or the first week of September. So for that three-week spawn, uh, sp- span, <laughs> for that three-week span, um, I would uh, I would basically just get up and get on an airplane every day and fly somewhere and do a show. 18 shows in 21 days mm-hmm. was sort of the expectation I'd come to have. Um, it's hard, but it's three weeks, and then you're done. And, you know, in that three-week period, I would make what some people in America only make in a whole year you know? And so, um, then I could slow down and I, I could just take, you know, two shows this month, four shows the next month, three shows the next month, five shows the next month. You know, it, was, it would average out to being like a show a week, basically. Um, and, and then it was, so, so what do you feel like doing today? Do you want to work on curriculum for the, the training school? Do you want to do you want to see a client? Do you want to work on your website? Like there's plenty to do when you're running a small business, but mm. um, having gotten well positioned in the stage side of it, um, it just put me in that position where I, I never had to have a real sense of urgency. I could just mm-hmm. do what I wanted to do. It's a pretty incredible feeling of freedom to be able to live your life that way. And uh, it was never something that I took for granted. I always knew that I wasn't um, that I was enjoying something that many, many people don't get to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. At least you had that focus, you know, at least you had enough sense about you to realize, you know, there, there's, there's a lot here, but don't take this for granted because yeah. the rug can get pulled out from under you. And I think 2020 <laughs> was kind of the validation and it of did. that. So what I wanted to talk to you about is, is kind of a niche specific thing um as as a pastor i grew up um i grew up in a weird in a weird dynamic i grew up you know we jokingly called it baptocostal um i grew up in my, my my baptist church my southern baptist church it was pretty atypical baptist not any emphasis at all on on you know miracles or moves of the spirit you know there just wasn't an emphasis there 
Um, not that there was a disbelief. There was just not an emphasis. And then my grandparents were Pentecostal, which was the back, you know, it was the flip side of the coin. There was a lot of emphasis on these, you know, miraculous things. And, um, you know, I grew up, you know, in my Baptist house trying, I was being taught good, firm, sound theology, you know, in my world. And then I would come home to my grandpa who was just enthralled by watching that Benny Hinn crusade on television. And he was very wrapped up in these word of faith and these these faith healer type guys. And even at a young age, I was watching these guys and I'm thinking, man, there's just something not right about this. It's just, there's just something so weird. And I, I, I was cautious, you know, I learned in my upbringing, not to believe everything you see or hear, but to test it, you know, test the spirits, scripture says. So I, I started looking at things and I started trying to come up with, okay, where is God in this? Where is the crazy in this? Cause there's clearly some of both. And it wasn't until I was probably, gosh, how old was I? I, I was a late teen and I ran across a movie. It was on fa- uh, uh, YouTube and I encourage anyone to watch this. It was Darren Brown um, had made a movie um, called Miracles for Sale. And um, if you're not familiar with Darren Brown, he's like a mentalist, um, kind of an illusionist, stage, hypnotist guy, all of that together. But he's real big in the UK, so he's not real well known here in the States. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Darren Brown, but Uh, anyone not? Incredibly talented, yeah. Yeah, but someone that's not, interested in hypnosis at all or interested in mentalism or that type of stage act may not know who he is but i I grew to really really appreciate his style Mm -hmm. um anyone with a with a uk with a british accent they're immediately 10 times smarter than any other guy in the room i don't know why that is um but just the you know his his stance and his personality and the charisma that he has you know really makes it work for him. And he did this movie and he started off the movie Miracles for Sale. And the whole movie was based on the idea that faith healers were frauds for the most part. But he started it off with this statement. He said, I am not doing this to talk anyone out of their faith. That's the last thing I want to do. Now, he professed to be an atheist or an agnostic, whichever the two um, he falls into And he said that openly, but he also very openly said, I'm not here to talk you out of your faith if you do believe in this. That's not my agenda. He said, I think it's great if you have that faith, and I don't want to divide us like that. He said, but what I find disgusting is the people that play off of real faith for profit. And he dealt in in kind of a, you know, I don't know if many Christians would even agree with what he did. I loved what he did because it really proved a point. Um, But he took a regular average Joe atheist. Uh, No, the guy wasn't an atheist. He believed in God, but he wasn't practicing, we'll say. Um, And he turned this guy into a faith healer simply by showing him a bunch of tricks. He said, here's this trick, here's that trick. And a lot of it fell into the category of what we would probably call mentalism. Um, you know, mind tricks that he did and then was successful in taking this guy um, from the UK, flew him to Texas, and they hosted a, quote, miracle crusade. 
and this guy was the evangelist. And people were responding the way that you would expect them to respond to a, a, a miracle crusade. And even with this guy being completely fake. And then, you know, they basically had to debrief everybody afterwards. Um, so a lot of people would look at that and say, man, how do you how do you even get off doing that? That's just horrible. But the more I watched that, the more I appreciated the content and the agenda that he had. And that really was one of the things that opened my eyes. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Now I know why this feels dirty. Because there's some of this that is dirty. Um, and, And as a pastor at the time, I'm realizing this. And that's when I really fell down the rabbit hole. And I started really, really studying um, hypnosis and really got into, uh, you know, how this worked. And I mean, just studied the tar out of it. Ended up in Las Vegas with a buddy of mine. Uh, well, it was a business trip we were in Las Vegas for, but he decided, hey, let's go to a comedy hypnosis show. And I said, okay, cool, let's go. Great, I'm, I'm ready. And I knew I'm never going to get on that stage. If, if I did, they're going to, push me right back off that stage because I am clearly the skeptic here. And I was only there to mentally take notes. And th- there, there was one, one of the notes that I took was this for everybody on that stage. This is 100% real. And for the guys like me that are skeptical of how this works, this is 100% not real. But there, I felt like there's a middle ground here that's kind of untapped. And that middle ground is, you know, the tweeners that are in this. The people that say, oh, I can't be hypnotized. And then, huh, oh, okay. Um, and then suddenly they are. So let me give this to you for a minute. And can you briefly explain what is hypnotism and how, then this might be a loaded question, and how does it work? <laughs> Well, you know, people write entire books about that. So it's, it is a long, <laughs> long, long thing to get into, but I'll try to give you the Cliff Notes version. So hypnosis has a few different definitions that are out there, but one of the most popular ones is that hypnosis is a state of increased focus and heightened suggestibility. And, and if you stick with that, that's a really good place to always start from. Because what happens is you start going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And when you do that, you start going on these tangents or, you know, offshoots where you, what happens is you start saying, can hypnosis do this? Can hypnosis do that? Will hypnosis do this? Will hypnosis do that? Hypnosis is just a state of increased focus and heightened suggestibility. All the other things that come from a hypnotic experience, you have to bring suggestibility into the mix. And suggestion doesn't require hypnosis. We give ourselves and others suggestions every day in in the normal waking state. So so this is where it gets a little bit complicated, but it's, it's, it's interesting and usually fun for the hypnosis geeks to talk about, but that the, the initial state that you're trying to create is you're trying to increase someone's focus through a variety of different techniques. 
And as you increase their focus, you might even keep doing it and keep might deepen their focus through continued techniques until you feel like that focus has become so strong that the accompanying suggestibility that comes with it is where you need it to be to now provide the suggestion that's going to help them do what they've asked you to help them with or what you are trying to do with them. Does that make sense? Clear as mud. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's real. What it really, if you want to get into, you know, you go, what about like, what's happening in your brain? Like you can flip it in that direction. You say it's, it's part of the old reptilian part of our brain that we still possess it's it it reaches back to an old with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thing that animals still have today that's called tonic immobility, which is where you take the alligator and you flip it on its back and it goes to sleep that it's that fight or flight mechanism kicking in that animals know that if they've been turned to their back, not all animals, but many have this instinct where if they've been turned to their back, they know they're in real trouble Mm -hmm. because the the belly is so vulnerable. So what many will do is just play dead. They'll go into an immediate state of what looks like unconsciousness humans can have this as well because our brains are bigger and more complex we don't usually just pass out but there are cases of humans fainting right when people get so overwhelmed they just faint Mm -hmm. or they go into the fetal position and so again that's the extreme end of at a lightning fast level the brain saying we understand that we cannot run from this We cannot fight our way out of this. Our last remaining hope is to appear dead. So whatever the threat is, does not feel threatened by us at all. And maybe they'll just leave us alone. Okay. That's the old, old, like millions of years old neurological circuit that we can sort of hack with modern language and other techniques And we don't have to make people go to that extreme end of it, but we can get them into that, that light and and hazy tonic immobility state where they're still conscious. They still hear what's going on in the world around them, but the focus that is achieved 
they don't really feel like doing much else. They don't feel like they have anywhere to go or anywhere to be. They're content to just sit and follow your lead. Okay. So <laughs> there, there's a lot there to unpack if a person really yeah, wanted to, yeah. like, like you said, that's, that's a cliff note version. Um, so when we talk about, and when I say hip, hypnosis, I'm going to, for the, for the audience, for everyone that listens to this, people that hear the word hypnosis automatically think about, you know, and on three sleep, you know, and, and that's the image they get is the person, you know, their head drops and they look like they go to sleep. And yeah. then we, you know, then you make them do funny things. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, I I did my due diligence, and I I have indulged in your YouTube page, um, and Hypnotic was a great great web series for anyone that oh thank you wants to spend you know what well, maybe in total an hour all together to sit down yeah, and watch the it whole, all the, way the whole thing is mini mini episodes really so the whole season comes out to like an hour yeah yeah and it was fantastic I mean like 10, 12, 15 minute videos yeah um but really gives an insight into what your life was like at full speed um you know what a college tour looks like that 18 shows in 22 days or whatever yeah, you did that yeah. was just insane um but but you 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 know it showed some of the fun that you had with you know a room full of college kids and i think the one that probably made me laugh the most was the kid you know when you did the okay you're now the first pregnant man thing and then you know, you got some 20 year old sitting on a stage that just screams out in pain because he literally believes that he's about to give birth to a baby. Yeah. Now, the thing about that is when you watch that, it's like, okay, I just watched one human being convince another human being through nothing more than the sound of his voice that he's going to give birth to a baby. And this guy is acting not even acting, but this guy is doing as if he is really going through that. That's an important distinction because he's, it's very important. A lot of people think he's acting. He's not acting when he's in hypnosis, he's hallucinating the entire process. And he really truly believes that he's pregnant and he's having a baby. It is. He's, he's a hundred percent into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the amazing part is that, Five minutes ago, this was a normal, lucid, you know, guy that if you said you're going to have a baby, he would look at you and say, you're whacked and walk away. But now yeah. he, you know, and, and maybe, maybe this is a very elementary definition of, of hypnosis from what I have gathered. Um, it, it's almost this, this subconscious rendering of my... Of, of what would be normal and conscious for me. And I render all of my consciousness to you. And then I allow you to dictate who I will be. And it's like this giving away of, of my mind almost yet at the same time, retaining it. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't go that way, Corey. I would say, think of it as a much more cooperative effort. The, the, okay. the hypnotic subject retains full, full, you know, uh, ownership and authority over their themselves in their mind. They understand when they come into the theater, they're building a context for their evening. I'm going to a show. It's a hypnosis show. 
funny things happen at hypnosis shows. I might like to be hypnotized. Let's try it. It it just, it all unfolds. And so there's a kind of social contract that's constructed there where what they're really doing is not saying, okay, I give you my whole consciousness to do with as you wish, but I understand you're the hypnotist and I'm now the volunteer. And since I'm the volunteer, it's my job to follow the directions. And so they follow them. It's, it's, it's a cooperative effort, much more than um, like a, like a power dynamic or a takeover. That's all, you know, the, the unfortunate thing about the way hypnotism has come to the public domain is that it's almost exclusively come through movies and television shows Mm -hmm. and the job of a movie or television, a movie or television screenwriter is to produce as much drama as they can produce. Right. And so the drama isn't going to be produced in, you know, and right. then John got hypnotized and he quit smoking and everyone was happier. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't. So it's always this crazy stuff that they, that they write in. And usually it's not even true stuff that, that you can even do, mm. you know? And, um, and so that's what we're kind of dealing with all the time. And, and so it, it's a, it's a bit of a struggle, but you know, the big, the biggest thing of all is the Svengali effect, which, which goes all the way back to George du Maurier's book in the 1800s called Trilby. And, and um, I'll try to give you the real quick version of this. It's a fascinating. Um, so, so some people to this day, if you were to call them a Svengali, they would know that that's not a compliment. It's largely passed from common use, but Svengali was one of the characters in Du Maurier's book, Trilby. Trilby was the heroine. She, she was the sort of centerpiece of it all. And then there was another man. I can't remember the other character's name. She was courting this other man who I can't remember the name of. Trilby was infatuated with her and she was just a normal working girl. She was, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. And he, he offered to help her and he hypnotized her. And when she was absolutely tone deaf, but when he hypnotized her, she sang like a virtuoso. And so hmm. she started getting books to serve, uh, to, to, to perform. And Svengali was trying to insert himself between her and her, her partner and, and win her away. And um, eventually in, the, in the, the story, Svengali dies. And when Svengali dies, she can't produce the effect anymore. And, and so she goes back to just a, you know, a, a working class girl. And, and that book the year it was published was like, I think it was second in popularity that year to either Mary Shelley's Frankenstein or Bram Stoker's Dracula, one or the other. Okay. It was a huge hit. It was a huge success. So then they made it into a play and they had, it was, it was in rotation as a play for years. 
Then they made it into a black and white movie starring John Barrymore, the father of Drew Barrymore. And, and in that movie, John Barrymore played Sven Gali. And they gave him, I don't know how they, but they made his eyes all glazed over and they gave him long scraggly hair. It made him very, very scary looking, you know. And when it was a play, the the tailor for the play invented the trilby hat. That's where the trilby hat comes from. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's, there's different little connections like that, but so that book ended up lasting the story that it created ended up lasting for nearly a hundred years from book to play to movie and being repeated over and over again. You know, it, 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 it really inserted itself into modern popular culture and not in a good way. And, and so that's the stuff that we're still dealing with today is that same effect. And now we have new movies coming out, right? Like, like Get Out, where very good movie, very entertaining to watch. But, you know, the young man who comes home to, you know, spend time with his girlfriend's family you know, the mom hypnotizes him by stirring her coffee a certain way. And then they, you know, they steal his brain, Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so you're saying it doesn't work like that. Yeah. I'm saying it doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that, but that's, it's always, it's like you get done with one and then, you know, within a year there's something else and it's always like that. And so um, there's a huge amount. So, you know, I'll loop it back to what you said earlier, I would say, your skeptic is actually your middle group. You said two, two kinds of people. I'd say three. I'd say you have your, yeah, I love the idea of being hypnotized. I want to get hypnotized. Then you have your skeptic. It's like, eh, I don't know if I believe in that, but I guess I'd give it a try. And some of them make it and some of them don't. The third group is your cynic. Okay. The cynics are the ones that they're the ones that come in and they're like, you're not hypnotizing me. You're not proved. I don't believe in this. Nothing you say can prove to me this is real. Like they don't care about any, you know, that's I think what you have really going on is you have the open ones, the skeptical ones. I, skepticism is healthy. It's positive. Cynicism, not so much. You know? I agree. Yeah. And I think yeah. that, and I think that's a, the, 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 let me get my words straight. I think that's a truth across the board is that healthy skepticism is a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's important that we, that we as people don't just believe anything that we don't just believe anything that's thrown at us. Because if we do, we end up in these places where you've got these pockets of society and culture that believe these just out there things. And I, I think it's we can gather from the last few years in our culture, it doesn't take long for a conspiracy thing to become more than just a conspiracy theory and people start doing crazy things in the name of that conspiracy theory. Right. Um, you, you know, that's at risk of having everything I'm doing shut down. That's how QAnon started was, you know, this conspiracy theory and one guy and the next thing you know, it's a corporation, so to speak, and a bunch of people and you know, what is this? No one knows, but it's like the Illuminati, you know, all over again, it's this big yeah. secret and, and, and it makes people do crazy things, you know, yeah. like put on horns and a flag and go take down the Capitol, you know, stupid, horrible things. 
in the name of whatever conspiracy they believe is happening. Um, so I think it's it, we have to be careful not to fall in to just believing everything. But we also have to come to a place where we're not so cynical that, you know, everybody's wrong, everything's wrong, you know, and, and, and you know, that's a sad way to live your life too, you know, um, when you think you know everything. That's a sad way to live your life. Because you're yeah. missing out on a lot of stuff that you could be yeah, taught yeah. if you were teachable. Um, so l- l- let me say this. Let me ask this question. And um, this is a kind of a simple yes or no question. If a person shows up, like, again, I'm going to focus on kind of the stage hypnotism that everybody's familiar with in this. Not so much the clinical, um, though that could be another discussion altogether. Um, you know, what you do by seeing a client in a room setting, you know, in a clinical setting almost, but focusing kind of on that stage hypnosis idea, it's, it's, it's this, how did you say it? Let me, I wrote this down a state of increased focus and increased suggestibility. So I take it that in order for a person to enter that place, they've got to be pretty relaxed and that seems to be what hypnosis does is bring that relaxation on. Not necessarily. I mean, again, think about the Pentecostals, right? right? I'm, yeah. That's where I'm going. Yeah. The Pentecostals <laughs> will get you jumping and jiving and shaking all over. Right. Mm-hmm. So it can actually be a highly agitated state, okay. but by sharing that experience with others, you get into a kind of synchronicity, you get into a kind of entrainment mm-hmm. and that entrainment can, can link you there. So this okay. is what, you know, let's, you know, I know you, you want to talk about the religious, go across all the religions and look at what the common themes are. Mm-hmm. There are often purposeful attempts to modify breathing, whether you're chanting in a Buddhist temple or singing psalms in in various Christian houses of worship, right? That's breath regulation. And breath regulation affects the vagus nerve that runs from the 10th cranial point all the way down to your gut. It's the single longest nerve pathway in your body. Well, that affects your heartbeat and your lung um, aspiration rate. So it's no accident that the old cultures, the martial arts, um, the yoga practices, they all involve breath, purposeful breath regulation. And so, you know, why shouldn't religions take advantage of that as well? Hmm. The second thing you say is ritualistic behavior. Ritualistic behavior is useful and again, that's as simple as I was raised Roman Catholic, right? Okay. So I never got over how it, it, it just seemed strange to me, you know, even after years and years of doing it, that, that the whole, all right, sit down, now kneel, now stand up, now sit back down, now kneel, stand back up, kneel back down, sit, <laughs> kneel, sit, stand, stand, you know, like, well, I'm yeah. like, but that ritualistic behavior is in training you to behave like everyone else in the group. And when you do that, you are releasing cognitive bandwidth 
you're, you're just learning that there are things you can do without thinking about it. And when you, when you're doing things without thinking about it, you're, you're not questioning, you're not thinking critically, you're in habit management mode. And so that opens you up to um, being led by the officiant, whatever, whatever denomination they are. And, and, and I'm not saying that that's evil or bad. I, it's just, that's a function, right? And look at it again, like it, the simple act of prayer. We have a whole body of prayers that have been pre-written, learned, and practiced. And then we have times where we kind of pray off the cuff, right? Well, the pre-written ones are way easier because we just learn how to say them without even thinking about them. Doesn't mean that when we make them up off the cuff, they're not important, but there's that idea again of cognitive bandwidth. And so all of those different things run through religion in really powerful ways. And, and I would say, again, I could care less about judging people's religions. I think they're all really important ways because what I know about this world from a hypnotic perspective is when you do that, you free up people's minds to work more easily and get in touch with a higher power. If I don't have to sit and think about everything I'm doing, then I can just be in the moment and I can connect with whatever source it is, Allah, Jesus, you know, Ganesh, whatever. I can, I can focus on just being in the moment with them and really feeling connected. And, and I think that's ultimately what people need, right? We all want to feel connected. We want to feel safe. And we want to feel that there's some certainty in the world. And when we connect with our higher power, that's, that's the gift that, that these activities bring to us. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Interesting. I'm, I'm going to play just a few seconds of something here. The sick were healed. The oppressed were delivered. The empty were full. None left empty. None left sick. So that's Benny Hinn for anyone not familiar with um, Benny Hinn. And Benny Hinn was famous for filling football stadiums and basketball arenas with people. And 
literally hundreds of thousands of people would come to to see this man. But the more, even from a perspective of a Christian and a pastor looking at this man, especially if if you've got any idea of of mentalism and hypnosis and quite frankly trickery in a lot of senses this this 15 seconds really has a lot of that built into it first of all there's that um that slow almost trance like music um that that is always playing in the background and then there's this person talking in this very almost hypnotic way um very slow very comforting very deliberately um you know you'll know you know it's that like when he speaks the you know superlatives you know the s is always you know it it, it that 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 superlatives when you do a word that ends in an s it almost makes you just chill you know it's that i think that goes back to when we were kids and you know you know if we were crying mom and dad was shh, mm. you know and that's ingrained in us and then now you know even at 30 40 50 years later that shh, you know it's it's in your head you know it's in your subconscious that that sound is comforting it's calming um you know mom if you were tired if you were grumpy and as a baby and mom was trying to get you to calm down they didn't just say okay that's enough calm down go to sleep because i didn't gonna put a baby to sleep you know you talk quietly it's okay shh. you know calm note the as you said the breathing was so um timed and so perfect so i i think if we're not careful we end up in this place where guys like this that are doing this in the name of god whether he you know whether benny hen believes what he's doing is real or whether he's just a charlatan out for your money i'm gonna let y'all make that decision for yourself but i wouldn't send him any money if i was you um they they do this and quite frankly they end up taking people that have a real faith in a real God, you know, going back to what Darren Brown did and guys like this give guys like me a bad name. And I know a lot of people that use these things and guys like Benny Hinn and guys like Peter Popoff back in the day and that's their excuse to want nothing to do with a church. That's their excuse to want nothing to do um, with Christianity because all they yeah. see is these, quote, faith healers doing this garbage. Um, so now let me ask you this question, Paul. Um, let, let's talk about, about hypnotic induction for a minute. Um, what, what is induction and tell me some of the ways that a person can be inducted and how that works with sure. the mind. Induction is the initial process of leading someone into a hypnotic state. It can be done very overtly. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm a hypnotist. Would you like to try being hypnotized? Yeah, sure. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. And you lead them through it, or it can be done covertly where you really um you never you never offer them a choice or ask them you just you just do it um the tactics are different obviously from one to the other 
So um, most hypnotic consultants, you know, they're going to be asking you and, 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 and making sure like, you know, you want to be hypnotized. Yeah. What do you want to use it for? And they, they do a process and intake and, you know, the, the stuff you're talking about is the covert stuff. And again, it's the, it's the changing, it's getting people to change state. It's getting them to purposely change their breathing. It's getting them to visually focus on a certain thing that you want them to be focused on. It's about changing your tone and your pace of your voice and the pitch of your voice. Um, there's all different there's lots of different elements to it and lots of different ways to do it and and so um the tricky thing with covert is that it's conversational so you can't really you can't go there right there he's doing it right there you can get like a little clump maybe but you don't do it like necessarily non-stop mm -hmm. so um it's 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 a real thing. Um, many, many people, it's a difficult thing. There's many, there are, there are much fewer people out there doing it than people like to get all fired up about and flood the chat rooms with, you know, it's, it's quite, um, it's quite a skill and it takes a lot of work to be able to produce covert results consistently. Um, can it be done? Yes, it can. But you've got to really, really be on top of your game. There's so many hypnotists who, who think they can do it and they just can't really, not consistently. But um, it's it's that stuff. You know the 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 music, the the music. You know um, when we want to be calm, resting heart rate in most people is down between um, you know 60, 70 beats per minute. And so you find music that runs at 60, 70 beats per minute and you, and you lead them, <laughs> you lead them. Um, so, and they will, their, their, their hearts will follow the natural vibrations of the music to a calmer place. Um, your, your spatial positioning. If you're, if you're a pastor or a preacher and you're at the front of the room, um, you learn how to, go to the left side of the stage and you create what's called a spatial anchor. That's when you're, you're talking about maybe negative things. And then you go to the right side when you talk about positive things and you stand in the middle when you're neutral and hmm. you're, it's again, it's, you never talk about it. They just notice wow. it subconsciously and, and you keep working it until it's time to, you know, you, you've, you've brought them some value and now it's time to pass the basket. And, uh, you know, you head over to the right side where all the positive thinking is and, wow. and you make your pitch and pass the basket. Then, you know, um, there's, there's different stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff like that, 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 that can be done. Wow. So, um, let, let, let me let me play this. This is I want you to see this. Can you see the screen? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Okay, I I just want you to see this and see what you're. Oh. Hey, you Lord, for complete heat. 
Okay, first of all, this is one of the biggest frauds in in TV preaching evangelist Peter Popoff. Um, and, and we'll get to more of the fraud of Peter Popoff here in a moment. Um, when you see that, what 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 did I just watch? What just happened in that moment? If it was you a were rapid doing- induction. So in a is or or what some people would even call an instant induction. So <laughs> if you want to if you want to run an instant hypnotic induction on someone, <clears throat> excuse me, you uh you get them centered and focused and still, and you you try to increase that focus and hold that focus. And then when you see that they've achieved it, then you overwhelm them with what's called a, an interrupt or a, or a shock method. Um, so, you know, that moment where he was, you know, he talked in tongues a little bit, like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going there. You want to come with me? I'm already talking in tongues and, and he's got her focused on all that. And then that moment where he kind of flicked his hand and that's that moment of like, and, and you overwhelm them. And that goes back to the old lizard brain stuff I was telling you about where, when you overwhelm someone, they just want to feel relieved. They're confused, maybe even stressed to a certain point, and they just want to know what to do. So when he does that, and then he says, um, you know, I don't remember what he said. Something is really something like down or move or lay or I don't know. It's one simple command like that. They're looking for something to follow. Like they're inside lightning fast. They're like, what the hell is happening to me? Yeah. And, and then you give them like, just do this. And they go, Oh, okay. And then they just do it, you mm-hmm. know? So, but, but in a, in a situation like that, he's, he's got all those people in the room. He's got to have somebody picking out his people for him in advance, because you can't just take a technique like that and do it with a hundred people and get a hundred of them to do it. No. Like some people, when you do that technique, it's going to scare the bejesus out of them and they're just going to freak right out and it's not going to work. And and he can't afford to miss up on stage. Right. So he's got someone watching for him is my guess. Well, let me, let and me... he's got someone watching for the tells that they're moving into rapport with him. And then yeah. they're somehow signaling it. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I've been in services like this. I've been in the church services where this stuff happened. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of misses. I've, yeah. seen, a ton, I've seen a bunch of misses. And typically, you know, it, it's just brushed away and no one even really. I, I guess if you're a charismatic enough speaker and the majority of the room is already with you. Well, that's the it, research has been done on that, Corey. They, they, they did an official some university group did an official research project using horoscopes and what they found is that the way our brains are built and the way we respond emotionally people gravitate more to the what you got right than what you got wrong they'll just forget about whatever you got wrong and so that's good to hear that from you that maybe he can get away with it more than i thought is he just that's almost like a stage hypnotist mentality when i'm doing a big show and i want to do some of that stuff that's, I just literally walk away. If I, if, if I do it with them and it doesn't work, I go, ah, it's all right. You'll get them next time. And I move right on to the next one. Yeah. And I'm like, refocus. All right, let's try this one. And, and I'll do a different method with a different person. And I don't yeah. pay attention 
hey, let me keep bringing my attention, your attention to the where I just failed. I don't, right. you know, I'm not going to do that. So you just move on and then you get one right. And people go, holy cow, did you see that? And they, yeah. they just focus on the one you got right. Yeah. Forget the 10 misses. Let's look at the one hit. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. but when you, I think when you put a bunch of people in a room and, and again, let's go back to, you know, you're in, let's just go back to the imaginary Las Vegas, you know, hypnotist, hypnotist show. I'm going to go see Paul Ramsey in Las Vegas at his residency at the Bellagio. So, um, boy, wouldn't that, that'd be nice. Wouldn't that'd it? That'd be great. So, yeah. That'd we, be nice. <laughs> so we get, we get into that room and say there's 500 people in that room to see that show. Um, and you bring up 40 people onto the stage, but you've only got 15 chairs on the stage. Um, there's a reason you brought 40 people up to fill 15 chairs is because not all 40 are going to be susceptible. And right. there's those signs that you're, and, and again, I'm not trying to speak for you. I'm just, this is kind of the obvious stuff. Um, you know, I was in a show and I watched that happen. I watched them bring a bunch of people up on stage and over half of them were sent back to sit down. Right. And then there was about 10 or 12 that were kept on the stage in seats. <laughs> and then eventually they were whittled down from about 10 to 12 to maybe eight or 10, because even then it got a little bit more tight until they were left with this very tight group of very susceptible people. And if you go through and watch, um, the same Benny Hinn video that I just, played a clip from if you watch that video there are moments in that video where he does exactly that he's bringing people up onto the stage and the interesting let me see if i can find this and it's so amazing because he's bringing these people up at rapid fire now he's already started this hypnotic state so to speak he's already got a room full of people that are eating out of the palm of his hand they're they're listening to him and they're like crowding at the front of the stage so um you see all these people crowded up at the front of the stage and he starts to bring people up but it's funny that all the people that he brings up out of the crowd they're already in this mind frame of experiencing this um the body, you know, the swaying back and forth. They're already emotionally invested. Um, you know, the, the, the hand tremors they're, um, you know, they're, they're already exp and, and I'm not trying to discount what people are experiencing because quite frankly, what I believe is happening here. And again, I'm, you know, and if you can, well, no one listening can see this, but you know, he's pulling people out of the, out of the crowd and he grabs these people that are primed. So he's already got the signals that these people are going to do. And all Benny Hinn did was he had, you know, he would yell, touch, touch, touch. And then every so often he might say, fire, you know, and and, and that was always, there was always that punch to the gut, so to speak. He would reach up and yeah. you know, real quick shove to the gut. And then that would make people fall out. And then touch, you know, that very shh, again, yeah. that superlative. Yeah. And then that would make them, and it was, you know, when you've got a room full of people that are watching this, I think mass hysteria kind of becomes a thing. And when you couple mass hysteria with this hypnotic voice and the music in the background, you're priming all these people to experience this. Yeah, it's a, it's a big process. It's really, it's all just a big process. And when you have that many people in the room, you're, you're pulling up all your best 
you know, all your most susceptible people. And mm -hmm. so you're going to do pretty well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I've, I've watched enough stuff on this that, you know, Benny Hinn's pretty well been outed, um, as a fraud, you know, more than once. That's not news. Um, but back in the day, uh, a man by the name of James Randi, um, he was kind of the premier guy that came out as the skeptic and ended up um, getting a hold of some radio equipment and went to a Peter Popoff crusade and found <laughs> found out that um, the voice of God at a Peter Popoff show sounded a whole lot like Mrs. Popoff for some <laughs> yeah. very strange yeah. reason. Now, amen. It's all right to praise the Lord. I suspected that Popoff's revelations were other than divine. The radio scanner we brought to the hall picked up a decidedly worldly source. Hello, Petey. Can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble. Popoff was being prompted by his wife through a wireless earpiece. John? Johnson. She'd gotten her information from prayer cards filled out by the faithful before the show began. You want to get rid of this walker, sister? Okay, so en enough. I, I can't watch much of this guy. <laughs> so <laughs> James Randi shows up um, along with Banachek. Uh, Banachek was in James Randi's class, I believe, and he was kind of involved in this very early on. Um, I actually tried to get Banachek to to hang out with me one night. Never got an email back. I wonder why. I guess <laughs> having a residency in Vegas does come with time constraints. So um, James Randi, very much the skeptic, very much you know the, the non-believer in this came out and through the use of the technology of the day in some radio scanning equipment found radio frequencies and it was literally a wireless earpiece that was in Peter Popoff's ear and his wife was feeding him information and then they were portraying this as um, information from God and then, you know, massive collection plates full of money afterwards. Right. Right. Um, and I believe Popoff did some time for fraud in prison after this, didn't he? Um, I don't know. I don't I know. Would hope, I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. But I know that Popoff disappeared for a long time. Uh, he vanished off the scene. And then all of a sudden he came back and was doing these little small church services and crusades and such. Um, so he's, he's actually back out there at it again. And uh, again, these are the guys that make guys like me look bad because I, I stand up with one agenda every Sunday. And that agenda is to tell people how good God is, how much they, uh, how much we desperately need to know this God and the message of the truth of the salvation that is only found in Christ. That that's the message that I preach. I don't preach the message of, if you give me $10, God's going to give you a hundred because that's biblically not true. I don't preach the message of um, health, wealth, prosperity for everyone, because that's not biblically true. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But then you've got these jokers that are going out and that are basically putting on stage shows. They're putting on a really, really good hypnosis show intermingled with sentimentalism, intermingled with a little bit of illusion, and then they're using God as their punchline at the end of the show, and they're profiting greatly off of it. Because it's funny, the same guys that are doing all of this are typically selling you know, Miracle This and Miracle That on a late-night show um, to a bunch of people that are already probably susceptible to this because... They're watching your show, so they clearly believe you, and they will buy whatever garbage miracle water or oil or piece of cloth, whatever you want to sell them. And and they're profiting off of the f- true faith of people that truly have a faith in the, the, the power of God. But these faithful people are being taken, being taken and tricked by these wolves in sheep's clothing. And... The thing that makes me the most angry is the fact that when you analyze it from a point of view like what you have, it's so clear. It's so clear what's happening. I'll, I, I showed you a 10-second clip and said, what is this guy doing? And you said, oh, that's that's a rapid induction. It's like, that's exact. I, you've, you've done this. This is You don't have to have God as your sidekick to do that. He... He found people that were already susceptible because they truly trust in God. And then this guy shows up and he's going to use that faith to profit himself. And that to me is sickening. That's disgusting. And and it's insulting. Now, the question is, do these, quote, faith healers, do they even believe what they're doing? Do, you know? And I would be interested to know your take on that. You know, do these do these guys believe what they're doing is real? Do these guys believe that wh- how they're doing it is God? Do they know that this is nothing more than hypnotic suggestion that they're using for their agenda? Is it a mix of both? Do they not realize what they have done? What 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 is your take on that? Um. <laughs> Welcome to the hot seat, Paul. <laughs> I have two. I have two, really, because they're they're separate, but they're related. My first take, honestly, Corey, is I don't care because okay. I believe that I ha- I have to have faith that their day will come. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if, if if I have faith that our divine creator is powerful enough to do all the things that have been done that we know right? The creation and all this, then I go, uh, I think our creator is going to handle it Yeah, when the time is right. And so I just have, I, I, t- I just have faith in that. Um, I, I think that, you know, that's what I always start with. And, and, um, and then I think to go a little bit more directly though, to, to the, some of the sub roots of your question, 
if you're getting to the point where you're like pop off and you're 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 buying an earpiece, <laughs> you know what you're doing. Like yeah. right. <laughs> you're not you're exactly. not thinking, you know, I was anointed by the Lord to head over to Radio Shack and buy equipment. <laughs> so that, you know, like like <laughs> you know, like come on. Come on. You know, so again, so again, but but I still think that to me always comes back to it just defaults me back to position one. Like my job, I believe I was put here to be of service to other human beings, which is not that far off from what you said. I'm just phrasing it a different way about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, and I try to stay focused on that. Like, how can I be of service today? And there's a lot of people out in this world of nearly 8 billion people now who could care less about being of service to others. I don't think it's my job to, to hold them accountable. I think I'm supposed to just do my job. True. And if I focus my energy and my time on doing what I was put here for, I can make the world a little bit of a better place. And, and, and that's, to me, that's all that matters. It's, it's really that I'm like, then God and I are good. And, and, I fulfilled why I'm here. I hope. And you know, and that's good. Um, I I will go a little further and say that I think it is part of my responsibility to call out some of these things. Like you, you know, throughout Scripture, you'll see where Paul named um, the heretics of the day. You know, he named out those that were doing exactly what this guy was doing part part of the calling of being in ministry is calling exactly. and pointing out the sheep um, exactly i don't have a congregation yeah exactly so I don't, yeah i don't work that into my my <laughs> life view because i simply don't have a congregation but you have a congregation and that yeah. makes sense to me that you have an educator's role to some extent along with all of your other duties totally get it yeah you know, yeah. And, and I think, you know, for anyone that, that listens to this podcast, I think I average about 40 downloads per episode. I'm not looking to make a mint here. Um, this is I say this is just what I do for my sanity because I like to have an adult conversation sometimes and, and try to solve a world problem. And I think this is a world problem. I think this this Western idea of Christianity, this prosperity gospel idea that grew in the Western world that is now slowly being taken to eastern orthodoxy eastern christianity does not understand this western idea of prosperity gospel it's being taken there by a bunch of westerners a bunch of americans and europeans that that, that have this idea of a prosperity gospel and of a you know, a God healing everything, you know, in these ways, you know, God's going to make your leg longer and make your hearing better and make your sight better, which can all be, it, it can all be linked to fraud if it's looked at the right way. And I'm not saying that, that God isn't capable of doing all of those things, but quite frankly, I think we're at a point right now, especially with the internet and with social media where when someone makes the claim that they have done such a thing, you better look at it very, very carefully and cautiously. Because I, I think for every one genuine person that God has worked a great thing through, there's a hundred frauds that are that are lurking. 
And that's dangerous. That's dangerous and that's scary that I have to work so hard to tell the truth while subsequently trying to undo someone else's distruth. I'm trying to preach the truth of the Bible while I'm simultaneously trying to undo the twisted up version of it that some people have gotten so used uh, to hearing. I'm going to have to, man, I got to get a hold of Costi Hinn sometime and see if Costi will come on with me. Costi Hinn is actually the nephew of Benny Hinn. um, And he came out, he was involved in Benny Hinn's ministry for many years and then realized what was happening there. And he came out of that ministry and basically got annexed from the family. Um, And now Costi is a great Bible teacher, a great man of God, um, lives in, I think, California or Arizona, just started a church down there. Just a fantastic guy that's just biblically solid, but it's, you know, the total opposite of the family business. You know, um, he's nothing like his Uncle Benny and his Uncle Benny, you know, basically just let him go because he started realizing how, how messed up this was and what this really was. Um, he started noticing this lavish life they were living off the backs of these people. But then the question always comes to my mind. If, let's just use Benny Hinn as the example. If he, if this guy is legit, God really does this through him. Why does this man spend the majority of his time in, in stadiums selling tickets for people to get in? Instead of going to the local children's hospitals, why is this guy, why does God only work if you've bought a ticket? That, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, Jesus spent his ministry dealing with people that, that he owed nothing to, but he met them where they were and he dealt with them in the moment that they existed but he never asked anything of them. He, he he gave unto them freely, then asked for them. And, and he never asked them for their money. He didn't say, you know, I'll hear your blind eyes as long as you pay me, you know, 20 bucks. He, he healed their blind eyes and then said, now follow me. That's all he ever required was now follow me. Now follow me. Now now follow the truth as you've, re, have you, as you've seen and received the truth. And that's all he ever asked for. Yet we have these these charlatans today selling snake oil on TV at midnight, putting the label of Jesus on the snake oil, showing up at a crusade, charging 50 ahead to get in, finding the most susceptible people that will fall under the sound of their voice, that will fall into the mass hysteria of the moment that's happening, and then setting all this stuff up, setting up the stage so that People will buy into this in the hope that they will financially contribute to the lie that is the crusade of miracles. And then you got podunk Christians like me that are in backwoods, Southern Illinois, and I got 25 people at most that I'm preaching to on a Sunday morning, and I'm just trying to tell them how good Jesus is and what this book has to say about him. And then you got these guys that have made successful stage shows and should be working Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. I just don't get it. But I, I do get this. I do appreciate guys like you that do what you do. And by the way, if if you don't continue to do what you do, I don't know, you know, if, if you say, okay, the stage thing, it's it's slowing down and that that part of my life is done. Whatever it is that you do, I'm sure you're going to be very successful and great at whatever you do. 
Um, like I said, I, I tried to do enough digging on you to have an idea of who you were. Um, I watched Hypnotic. I still encourage people to go watch that. That was a great web series. It was an awesome, awesome thing. I watched that one afternoon. Um, I, I, I saw enough of your live shows, you know, via YouTube clips. That was just amazing watching you work, watching, uh, you work a room and watching the responses of people. Let me ask you this story real quick. I think it was in Hypnotic, and I don't remember which college it was at. It might have been when you were at uh, your at, at New Hampshire, the last show. Um, the kid that had the date that was late for the oh, date. That was in uh, that was in uh, uh, Appalachian State University in yes. uh, North Carolina. I was up in Boone. Can, can you tell that? That was, that story that was one of my of favorite memories happened? of that whole thing. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, I uh, was awesome. That's 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 a big that's a great example of what makes that work so fun. You just never know. You doing your routine and you're doing routine, then something like that happens. You never saw it coming, but you can take it and make it into a fun thing, a special thing, and yeah, it was, it was great. So, so can you can you recount that story? So you were doing a show. He was on stage, and it was it yeah. Was- so he had he had volunteered to be in the show. He made it through all the preliminary stuff. He got hypnotized. He ended up getting brought up on stage. He makes it through the whole show, which is about an hour and 20 minutes long. And then the, the way I like to end my show <coughs> is, to, is to actually have them forget the entire show and then give them a post-hypnotic cue that when it's activated, then they remember and, and then they're like, wow, I really got hypnotized. And it's a pretty powerful experience for them. So that night I told the whole group, you know, when your eyes open, you don't even remember the show. You think that there, no show took place. And, and then I'd work them off the stage one at a time. So I'm working on this one student. And, and this other student hears me say to him, that student goes, what time is it? And a big thing about if you get hypnotized, a common thing is to get time distortion. You can be hypnotized for an hour and it feels like five minutes. Wow. So I said to the student who asked, I said, oh, it's, 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 it's 930. And the other student, he goes, he goes, what? And I said, I said, what? And he goes, what time did you say it is? I said, it's 930. He goes, dude, I had a date at nine o'clock. <laughs> and I said, Really? you had a date and he goes, yeah. And the whole crowd goes, (laughs) and I, and I, I knew he was going to be in trouble. So I said, you got a phone on you? And he goes, yeah. I said, call, call up your date and let me talk to your date. So he's still on stage and he calls me on the phone and I said, what's your date's name? And he says like, Sarah, I don't know. And the phone rings and she goes, she doesn't know it's me. She thinks it's him. She goes, <laughs> so she answers it. She goes, hey, like clearly not. I said, I said, is this Sarah? She goes, yeah. I go, Sarah, my name is Paul Ramsey. I'm a professional hypnotist and Dylan or what, you know, I go, Dylan was in the show tonight and he was deeply, deeply hypnotized and he had no sense of time. So he didn't understand that he was missing your date. I swear to you, he did not stand you up. He immediately, when I took them all out of hypnosis, 
and he learned that he missed your date, he was immediately worried. And, and I just was worried that maybe you wouldn't believe him. So I'm telling you, he was, we got over a thousand people here right now. And I held up the phone and they all cheered. I said, he was amazing. He was awesome. And he really did not mean to stand you up. And she goes, all right, whatever. <laughs> and she's still grumpy, you know? And I said, all right, I'm going to hand you back to him. And he's on his way to come see you. She goes, all right. So I hand it back to him. He sprints. <laughs> Rinse off the stage and it was in the convocation center it was in the basketball arena he sprints up like 25 i don't know 40 sets of stairs and out of the building and 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 i just turned and i looked at the audience and i was like she's pissed and they all just start laughing like crazy you know it's just weird stuff like that. it's just fun that yeah. was, dude, that was, that was a great moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So l- let me ask you this real quick. What, why, why do you do what you do? At the end of the day, if you had to say, this is why I do this. I, I saw an opportunity in the beginning to have, <clears throat> The op- I saw the opportunity to be able to influence people toward having a better life that I could, if someone was looking, <coughs> excuse me, if someone was looking for a hypnotist, they could just come to me and I could help them. And that was great. But to me, it was actually more importantly was by doing the entertainment, I could grab the attention of someone who wasn't even considering ever using a hypnotist. And that they could see that show and it could blow their minds. And then they might go, huh, I wonder if I should use a hypnotist. And then they might go. And if it wasn't me, fine. If I was doing a show in Colorado, you know, and they found a local hypnotist in Colorado, fine. You know, but that because of my show, now that person was improving the quality of their life somehow. It just seemed like a really great way to be able to make a living and know that you were doing that for people. That's cool. Well, dude, keep yes. doing what you're doing. Um, you, you are fantastic at your craft and you clearly um, know what you're doing. I think you're one of the guys out there that um, you, you have enough credibility behind you that, um, you know, you're, you're not just the shaman with the website that makes you look like you're somebody. I, I think if I was going to go to a hypnotist, I'd call you if I lived in the Northeast. I don't, and I'm not planning on, on it, but if I ever do and I ever am, I'll call you. <laughs> but, awesome. awesome. Um, hey, thanks so much for spending me this time with me. I appreciate it. It was a nice yeah, conversation. It was. Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate you, brother. And All right, uh, Corey, be well. Get, get to feeling good, man. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Simply Said Podcast. And thanks again to Paul Ramsey for his time and for a great conversation uh, just trying to flush out some of the evil that is wrapped in the bow of Christianity. Y'all be aware, be leery of the truth and the truth is Jesus him crucified and the power that he rests inside of us, not the external designed financial infused health and wealth prosperity. It's not Jesus. And all we want to share with you on Simply Said is the truth. 
simply profound conversations in the truth of Jesus. Look us up on Facebook. Check out the podcast wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Make sure you give us a like and a follow on Facebook. And uh, make sure you share the podcast. Also, uh, be looking out for simplysaidpodcast.com. And there's some new things coming to that website. It should be uploaded here just shortly. You'll be able to listen to the podcast right from there. Listen to other podcasts that I've had the privilege of being a guest on. Uh, and also check out a blog that I'll be putting up there with different articles and just random little tidbits of information uh, and things that I come up with and write that, that you guys might find interesting. Simply said podcast.com coming soon. Until next time, I got to go. Love you so much. Thank you all for tuning in to the Simply Said Podcast. We'll see you next time.